Hi. You guys want some cookies? 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 Welcome back to the garage. Welcome to another edition of the Throwback Podcast. My name is Dan Hansis, and I'm joined, as I always am, by my bosom buddy, Bobby Castro. Hey, Bob. Good evening, Daniel. Hey. How's it going? It's going all right. I don't know why I'm talking in the Kermit register. That's not something that's not in my repertoire. No, usually I mean, you do some classic impressions. Kermit not on the roster. What's Whatever. going on with Kermit? Is Kermit kind of on the fringes of pop culture now? Is it over for Kermit? No, they're always just getting ready for a comeback. They're always just waiting in the wings, waiting for their next big moment. And I'm good with that. <laughs> the Muppets. The Muppets. Who doesn't love the Muppets? Yes, we're back in the garage. This we are. is what we do. We record podcasts. Let me get this thing. You're still adjusting the mic set up. Yeah. Oh yeah, there we're we flying. Uh, it is. My Chem Day here on the Throwback Podcast. How about that? My Chemical Romance, for those people who don't know the abbreviation. Not in the know. Right. I mean, we're young and hip. Yeah. So we, I mean, anybody who says I'm young and hip is obviously going to be young and hip. We're right. young and hip. We know that My Chem is, is shorthand for My Chemical Romance. Right. So all you boomers out there, get the fuck out and don't let the door hit you on the way out. Nice. Nice. Nailed it. We're basically boomers. Um, we yes. basically are. Yeah, uh, you know, Dan, I, uh, sometimes I email with, you know, Courtney and Wyatt, our top tier Patreonies. Right. Over at patreon.com slash throwbackpod. Wyatt's brother Alex emails uh, the throwback pod occasionally just to, uh, you know. Nice. Uh, yeah. We go back and forth. And recently he had a very um, kind of direct message for both of us. Okay. That, uh, you know, some of the, he had a friend unsubscribe from the podcast because he thought that we were just doing some albums that we shouldn't be doing that don't, that don't necessarily fit in our wheelhouse that we were doing him to appeal to some people. Why are we giving the shitbag a platform namely, right now? Namely the uh, Patreonies who vote in these polls. And sometimes, <laughs> you know, we've had some winners that uh, maybe. Wait, the Patreoners are the ones that, that pay to listen, right? They do. So that's the side I'm on here. <laughs> Not some jabron. Not some jabron. But uh, My Chemical Romance won a Patreon poll, and I just want everybody out there who knows that we are two old boomers in a garage to know we both fucking like My Chemical Romance. We're in. And there's nothing to be ashamed we're of in. about that. And uh, we're also not boomers. We are – we are we, we hug the line between Gen X and Millennial, and Millennial never felt right, Bob. No. Um, but at the same time, now that the Zoomers are out there – now, all of a sudden, it doesn't feel quite as off to be a millennial because we're not – it almost felt like you, we were trying – not that we were, but like people that are born in the early 80s would try to like hold on to being part of youth culture yeah. by saying, oh, I'm a millennial too. But now that Zoomers are the youth culture, right. I, it's not as egregious to be like, yeah, I'm like a very early end of the spectrum millennial. Right, and now that like there are like Gen Xers who are like retiring – Right. You know, we're not we're not close to retiring yet. No, no. probably in about 25 <laughs> to 30 far. years. We're a long uh, way right. away we're from in our mid 70s. We have a shot. Uh, yes, we are going to do my chem. This is the first throwback pod we've done since the passing of Chris Wessling, mm-hmm. uh, my good friend and a partner on the on the around the NFL podcast. And uh, Bob, I know you were friends with Wes, too. And um, and it is. 
it will forever be the regret of the throwback pod that we did not get Wes in here. But it should be known um, that it was it was on the books, and it was a a, a um, several events coming together. They were going to come in, then Lakeisha got pregnant. Mm-hmm. Then it was like, okay, when Lakeisha has the baby, then come in, then coronavirus hit. Well, I, even before that, I remember talking to Wes about it before we even launched at one of your parties and saying, like, yeah, we're going to be listening to albums. Like, you got to pick an album. And he was excited to oh, he loved out, like, music. which one to do. Wes loved music. And <clears throat> he was, I think, everyone, and Wes was a renaissance man, and he knew so much and was so um, well-cultured and well-spoken, and he could speak deeply on many topics. And I think if you knew Wes from afar, you might say, oh yeah, sports for sure. And, uh, different, you know, literary, um, books. He was very knowledgeable, but music was also a love of, uh, of Wes's. And, um, yeah. So Lakeisha got pregnant, then coronavirus, then Wes got sick again, Mm -hmm. which was tragic and shitty as, as anything could possibly be. And we lost him on February 5th. Um, so it's just a bummer that we won't ever get to do a throwback with Chris Wessling, just like it's a bummer that we don't get to be around Chris Wessling anymore. But, um, I think down the line when things settle a little bit, um, we'd love to have Lakeisha in the, in this, in the garage. Um, we'd love to maybe do a Wes playlist. Wes was Bob. I don't know if you know this Wes, one of his great passions, uh, and pastimes was creating playlists. Mm -hmm. He had playlists for every type of occasion, hundreds and hundreds. And he would, uh, like we do, um, really labor over them, like sequence them and put the artist, what kind of uh, vibe it it filled. And that's the, that's the playlist to play. So whenever you went over to West Manor, there was always a playlist that, and and usually it was, um, it was not easy listening because that's a bad connotation. But it was not a, it wasn't aggressive music typically. It was he loved Lucinda Williams, right. and I know you've ta- you wrote very well, Bob, um, beautifully. In fact, on the subreddit about your connection to Wes and what was the music story that you you shared there? Yeah, the first time I ever met Wes was at one of your parties, and it was like shortly after you guys started the Around the League podcast. You and Mark had already done your. Uh, Smaller version of it on the Damashek show for a little well, while. Smaller, that's that's a bad. Smaller in uh, in size. It was just oh, the okay. two of you. Got it. Got it. Just yeah. in length, in duration. size, and weight, and length, and girth. <laughs> it was a lot less of all of that. Quality, I get it. <laughs> and quality. Uh, so I had met Mark before, but you were having like a barbecue, I think, where it was just going to be NFL people, including Greg and Wes, who I had not met yet. So I remember coming over, and it was all NFL people. I don't think like Jason was there that day or whatever it was. I remember kind of being on an island and I met Wes and he was relatively new to L.A. and he was kind of surrounded by all of these coworkers who I, I would imagine you guys hadn't spent a ton of time together yet at that point. So he was gave me a friendly hello, but then he was busy, like being the right. center of attention with a lot of people because that's kind of what Wes was. And I just remember throughout the day, he was kind of like not necessarily sizing me up, but like he was busy. Like he didn't really have like a, right. a grasp of me or anything. And at a certain point. He commandeered your Bose sound dock and I think put in his iPod. I think he was still carrying around iPods at the time. Right. And uh, wanted to play one of his playlists. And one of the first songs that came up was this song by The Minus Five called Retrieval of You, which not a big song. It was off the album Down Down by Wilco. No, um, something Wilco. 
Down Goes Wilco, whatever it was. Not a big band. And this is it, yeah. And I recognized it, and I walked over to Wes, and I said, hey, this is, uh, love this song, Retrieval of You, Minus Five. And he looks at me, and he's like, you know it? <laughs> I was like, yeah, it's a great song. And there was, like, nobody else around. He just throws his arm around me and yells, I like this guy. <laughs> All right. What? And, like, from that point on, we just had, like, a musical. That was the icebreaker. That was it. Yeah. The minus five. If you're out there, the minus five, you did God's work. Let's yeah. listen. They call me DJ Mini Mark because that's where I work. Everybody knows I fell afoul of fame and you're too Yeah, this this would qualify to me as West music. Yeah, generally laid back, had a had a vibe to it. West's music had a vibe, uh, but that would also put it in a box, which I don't want to do because he he had a lot of different tastes and a lot of different artists. We used to talk about he was a big fan of Old Springsteen, um, which we we both loved his some of his '70s output. The album is called Down with Wilco. Down is with this Wilco. like a, a a drummer who got kicked out of the band and he had a score to settle? Jeff Tweedy co-wrote that song. Oh. And this is um, a uh, Mike Mills, Peter Buck side project, I think, oh. in some aspect, or okay. one of those guys. Look at that. Yeah. How about that? Anyway, so yes, of course, Chris Wessling, rest in peace, my friend. And um, we will, at some point... Um, either do a West playlist or, you know, have a quiche on the show or maybe both. Um, no, we should. Because that man was a towering giant. Just and a fun dude to be around. Fun dude to be around, and he is already um, deeply missed. All right, let's get into it. You know what he, You know what Wes would have uh, hated? What? Us talking about him during a My Chemical Romance episode. <laughs> <laughs> he would have hated it. He would have hated that. What is this? <laughs> I never heard this before. <laughs> oh, one of my real quick. You mentioned this over the weekend. You and I were um, in Big Bear with the families. Yes. This weekend, and we snuck away to get a beer we did. at a uh, Big Bear pub. We sat outside. Socially responsible. Fun fact Back about off. Big, fun fact about Big Bear, though. Apparently, it's uh, this mountain near LA. Uh, there's no COVID there at all. Judging no, it's by, gone. Judging by how little people gave it. Maybe it never made it up the mountain. Did we? Maybe we didn't think about that. Oh, that's a good point. And that's why everybody were fucking idiots in the bar. (laughs) Just people hanging out in a bar with a loud singer-songwriter singing America by a (laughs) Paul Simon song. It was just fucking terrible. Which is, uh, that's, was was he really singing that? Yes. The irony. Bad to begin with. The irony of (laughs) the the shitty singer-songwriter singing America uh, in a close quartered bar and grill set up. Yeah. We were outside. And nobody working there was wearing masks. But we were outside and we were talking about Wes. And uh, a fun fact that I think is just a great, like, Wes tidbit just to know about him. The guy hated concerts. <laughs> he did. We, Me and him used to. <laughs> I love concerts. I love, I mean, listen, I'm a U2 fan. I love the idea of being in a an arena or a stadium uh, and and just sharing that moment. I think it's one of the coolest things about music, how it could bring people together. Um, Wes, he thought it was just noise. He said, I, I can't understand anything. I can't hear the music. Uh, there's people everywhere. I didn't like it. And that was like one of those little things with uh, Wes that uh, me and him were not the same person by any stretch. We had a lot of things that we were we were on different pages with, but it was never in a way that um, led to a 
any type of fracture in our relationship. I think we both respected opposite ends of it, even if there was not going to be a compromise. And with Wes, a lot of times there was no compromise. It Mm -hmm. was, it was like, I could have tried to be like, well, come to this, come to this Tom Petty concert Mm -hmm. and tell me if you still feel that way, he wouldn't have went, but maybe, maybe I'm somewhere in the middle though. Cause like, I have no desire to ever see a show at the Rose Bowl or like any of these tremendous places where I feel like you, you would get a season pass to go. I would, I would go a season pass. No, (laughs) I I know what you're saying. Like I, I've seen Coldplay for instance at the Rose Bowl. Um, I have, I've reached the age where I am not going 400 yards back. If I am going to a stadium show, I've not that I've been a, a place of great economic comfort, but I've, I've been able to get to a place where, um, I could justify and afford to spend a little extra on the ticket. So I'm not, um, you know basically watching the video screen above the stage to see who's even there. I don't do that right. anymore. And we're also, for as old and uh, for old as we are, ec- we're just complete idiots. And if we go to see Weezer at the Forum, we're going to sneak down to better seats. <laughs> well, Still. that all depends how much you have to drink. <laughs> that does help. Um, and I think there was a substantial amount. We ended up in the uh, friends and family section. And the <laughs> Forum, there's not really any bad seats except right. for the section we bought, which was kind of behind the stage. Terrible. All right, so... My Chemical Romance, The yes. Black Parade. I believe it's their last album. I, I think so. I, 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 I have to be honest. I didn't do my homework on this one. On this one. On you this mean, one wait, specifically. On this podcast. Yes, this being the uh, the, the throwback, uh, podcast. throwback podcast. Right. No, I don't do I don't do it very well. But this one especially. I'm flying blind here. I just I've always liked the aesthetic of this band. I, I love their singles. I like that they went for it. I I tend to really like bands that tap into that uh, Queen vibe where they're just going for it yep. and like to, they just love grand rock that uh, borders on opera because it's, you're really swinging for the fences, which I always respect. You do. Um, These people should be playing at the Rose Bowl. They should, but I guess, I don't know. They're broken up now. Mike right. Ken. Yeah. That's I a believe bummer. so. Yeah. But they so you did. don't know shit either. Nope. No, no reason. <laughs> we decided we were going to do this like three minutes before we turned the microphones on. But I can tell you they won a poll on Patreon.com. Who they beat? I... Throwback Pod beating Andrew WK's I Get Wet. Oh, thank God. I mean, what do you mean? That why be, is that on there? That like, would be so much what? fun to do. I Fuck, I'm going to have to dealer's choice that because I would love to do That's one of the best albums of He's all time. He's the guy in case people forgot because it was legitimately he was, it was, a he moment was gone in and it was a yeah. puff of smoke. Yeah. Uh, he was the guy that had nine songs about parties, yes. and he had the bloody nose on the cover of the album because he smashed himself in the nose with a brick because he didn't like the way any of the photos were looking. Right. Let's let's remember his legacy Amazing. fifteen years later. Amazing. He just put out a new song this week. What's um, it called? Partying is good. Yep. <laughs> just partying is good. <laughs> He's like uh, running out of ideas. But you know what? That's not worse than I like to party or party hard. So you're not too oh, now, far off. No, but now he's older and he's probably got a little less hair and a little bit of a belly. So he's like, where's the party? <laughs> Anybody having a party? You guys, uh, you guys, dot, dot, dot. Do you guys party? Uh, dot, dot, dot. Partying, question mark? <laughs> Poor guy. Um, so he came, he, uh, he brought up the rear with 9%. Uh, in third place, Rancids and Out Come the Wolves. Ah. Perennial losers on the Patreon polls. Here, let me, because you were a big rancid guy in high school. Yes. Why do you keep uh, subjecting them to this failure? Because I keep, I keep. Because if you pushed it, I would absolutely do rancid. No, it's going to have to happen. I just keep putting my faith in the Patreones and they keep letting me down. 
They're but, just not into it. But it's like me with Madonna. I've tried Madonna with the Patronis, <laughs> and they don't give a fuck. No, it's going to have to happen at some point. Um, we don't like Madge. Those are second our place, overseas listeners. In second place, the Hive's coming in at uh, 32% with Veni Vidi Vicious. Okay. That would be a lot of fun to do. Yep. And My Chem, Black Parade, 43% of the vote. So it's a no-brainer. They Good. just kicked ass in this one. And that's what sends us back to October 23rd, 2006. Ooh, okay. Let's get to the number one song. In the last week of October in 2006. What a time, Bob. 26 years old we were. We were. 26, I think, is the first year of your life where you're not a total idiot. It depends. No, but you're think... starting to make progress. You're yeah. starting to make En-ROADS. Yeah. Yeah, I'm with you on that. All right, here we go. This is a man that owned the first half uh, of the first decade of this century. You know who I'm talking about, bitch. Ludacris. You know I got it. If you want to come get it, stand next to this money like, hey, hey, hey. Shake, shake, shake your money, make good. Like you were shaking it for some paper. Took your mama nine months to make good. Might as well shake what your mama gave you. You, you looking good in them jeans. I bet you look even better with me in between. I got yeah. my mind on my money. Money on my mind. But you's a hell of a distraction when you What a mind. run. My chem is what you, like, what the real fans call my chemical romance. Luda. If you knew, if you Luda. were plugged in, mm-hmm. if you understood uh, the man, the myth, the legend, Luda was, uh, he owned, like I said, he was the biggest star in hip-hop. Uh, Kanye West had come up at that time, too, and can make the case for Kanye, obviously, as well. But in terms of just, like, writing hits and everything you're putting yeah. out, just being a monster party anthem, that was ludicrous. I think I shared the story on the show of um, going to a Super Bowl party where um, the headliner was Fallout Boy. This is about five years ago, mm-hmm. um, and the whoever booked the event completely um, did not think it out because you have this party of all these young people and a ton of athletes, and and they had Ludacris open the show. It was the Madden party. They had Ludacris and they had somebody else who I can't remember, maybe a DJ. And then Fallout Boy close, and Ludacris tore the fucking roof off the place. Yeah, so with many hits. All of his hits. So many hits. And then um, people started filtering out. They started leaving. And then by the time <laughs> Fallout Boy came, and I kind of like Fallout Boy, so I was like, I'm going to check this out. There was nobody there. There were 50 <laughs> people there. And then to the point where they just canceled their encore. And uh, who was the bass guy that? Pete Wentz. Pete Wentz was like. Yeah, we were going to walk off and do then do the thing where we walk back on for the encore, but you know we don't really need to do that tonight. <laughs> oh, it was man, so, so sad. sad. It was so sad. Uh, anyway. You got, you got looted. Um, but if, if maybe if you're a listener who wasn't here for Luda's big run, I'm just going to real quick well, just yeah. spin through some and of these And it's songs. amazing that we're in 2006 right now. I remember walking around spring break 02 just singing, I got hose. Over and over again. Like, it was a long run for I think hip-hop. this is, this song, um, Moneymaker with Pharrell, I think was the end. It has to be, yeah. I but feel like it is. from, let's say, 2001 to 2006, he was one of the biggest stars in pop, in pop music. Stand up! I mean, stand up. Yeah. This is stand up. fucking huge. So, oh, and this was one when you were barely legal enough to get into a club. When this came on, you were so excited. Absolutely. This is and during this song in the concert I saw him at, he brought up some like woman. She was like a she was like a white mom. It was like should, should she be on that stage? Was that she, DJ White Mom? <laughs> DJ White Mom. She was like shaking her ass and everybody was just going nuts because it was kind of funny juxtaposition. All right, so you have stand up, 
Then, I mean, you fucking kidding me? Move, bitch. Move. This is the one that I think Cruz did in uh, Tropic Thunder. Yep, I think you're right. Move. Oh. Bitch. Get out the way. Get out the way, bitch. Get out the way. <laughs> Move, bitch. Get out the way. Get out the way. There was rollout. Uh, it's just so funny <laughs> how <laughs> you can't release that song now. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. I used to love Blow It Out Your Ass. Do you remember this one? I don't know if I do. Yeah, just listen to a little bit of Blow It Out. I never used to snore in my sleep till this rap shit started. Warm thoughts feel the hot-headed and cold-hearted. Your whole paycheck, you burping and then farted. And y'all think I'm going to stop? Blow it out your ass. One year I got rich, I so fast. Anyway, that's just a Wait, you're not going to play uh, I Got Hose? I got hosed. Sorry, hang on. Did I play? Yeah, Bax, another one. So many. Uh, what was the one you said? Area codes. Oh, featuring Nate Dog. Nate Dog. This is my favorite, Luda. I got hosed. <laughs> I got hosed. <laughs> so good. In different area codes. Of the album Word of Mouth. Gotta love it. M O U F. We talked, to, it's been a while since we talked about this, but that's my favorite like era of hip hop was just like guys kind of losing their shit, like Mystical and DMX. Oh, they're like, just going nuts. L- Ludacris. Ass and Vaj. Just losing their shit about asses. <laughs> and then Ludacris did, did that, I think, the best because he was doing that, but he still had like quality songs. Like he was able to actually like rap. And kind of keep it together while also like verging, like dipping his toes and losing his shit. There was, I mean, there was no depth to him. I mean, <laughs> but he he was a party guy and he wrote party music that just slaughtered. And I'm, I, I don't know what he's been doing. I don't know what he he's hosted, been doing he since. He hosted but Fear Factor at some point. Did he? Yeah. So he took that path. Oh, when, wasn't he in uh, Fast and the Furious? Fast and Furious. All right. When so I was working at MTV, I remember there was... Um, I think they were doing some sort of diary or some one of these shows about, and he was involved and uh, learning that he was deathly terrified of water. They couldn't get him anywhere near the ocean, like to even stand on the beach to do like a stand up. Really? He was too scared. Oh, that really must have cost him when, for a spring break, an MTV spring break. <laughs> yeah, this was like in 2002. So maybe he got over that fear, but. Mm, what a sobering way to wrap up our conversation on Ludacris. Well, come on. It was a thing. But, <laughs> all right, we're going to get into the Black Parade, but. I feel like it's important to kind of start with how I became a out of nowhere My Chemical Romance fan at the age of 24 years old. I feel like I was probably the oldest person at the time to start liking. That's not that romance. old, though. I mean, in retrospect, it's not. But they were like, I don't know. They were probably like 11 when this when their first album came out. I have no idea. They're probably 25. <laughs> but I remember it was like peak music blog culture of like Ultra Girl and all of those like cool NYC music blogs. And uh, they started talking about My Chemical Romance. And they were even acknowledging like these kids, like this emo group. These young whippersnappers. I know. And it's like, again, a bunch of 24-year-olds that were uh, writing these Not things. Not dinosaurs like the Strokes who were 25 at the time. Exactly. And uh, I remember like giving it a listen and being like, holy shit. And the song that got me was off of their uh, album Before the Black Parade. 
um, three cheers for sweet revenge. I'm not okay. Oh yeah. Let's start with this. Oh yeah. Before we get into the black parade. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. What a song. What, what a, a song. And this is how I can tell you that we weren't quite old yet. I remember being plugged in enough that this was a huge hit on MTV. Right. It was, I don't know if TRL was around at this point, but it was, the video was everywhere. And uh, they were seen, I think, as the next big thing. And, and really, after American Idiot came out by Green Day, I think that maybe kicked open the doors for some for some bands to come in in their wake that had that kind of spirit and I think Mike Ken probably looks the Green Day as oh, a uh, I'm sure but yeah this was 04 and I think by this point we had already kind of we talked about it in the American Idiot podcast but kind of like moved on to be like I like the Strokes and the White Stripes and the Hives now like I'm kind of too old for this other kind of pop, pop punk music but this song totally got me and I bought the album based on this song and loved it. And I, I there's that Queen vibe yeah. again that pops up in some of their Like there's nothing cool about that solo in, in terms of uh, popular music. But if you're a rock fan, you really appreciate yeah. that. Oh, I love this part. And then we'll just... That was me. That was actually me, by the way. You, the trust me part? Yeah, that was me. They brought me in for that. Imagine that, because that would be the best thing that ever happened to you. And that would have been your claim to fame in life. Yeah. If you just said, trust me, on this one single <laughs> from 16, 17 years ago. Would that lead my obituary? It would certainly... Well, you're not getting an obituary like in the Times. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, yeah. My obituary oh, in the Times. Shit. I was going to tell Bob he's not going to be in the New York Times. No, I mean, I'm, I'm probably going to be in the New York Times. And I feel like if that was it, that would kind of supersede everything else I've accomplished. What do, we, what do you need to do? And we could play the same game with me, obviously. But what do we need to do? Or what do you need to do? Like how you're 41 now, something like that. Let's. What, how much time you got left? Realistically, yeah, I know the answer. Bob. Twelve years. <laughs> you have 44 years, Bob. No. Yeah, you got no 44. way. Yep. Uh uh-uh. uh. Uh huh. Don't look That's... at. Don't look family factors, I'm health issues. No. Yeah. I'm just telling you, you have 44 years left. You got I, 85. I will bet you I don't make it past 60. Okay, you're on. <laughs> you're on. I will slide the money into your coffin. 
um, <laughs> if you're if if you are right and I'm wrong. And don't give it to my family. Bury me with the money. <laughs> I'm gonna bury you with six thousand dollars. <laughs> anyway, uh, let's say I'm right though. You have forty five years. What do you need to do to get a New York Times obituary? Uh, kill Pete Wentz. <laughs> That would probably lead my... Bob Castrone, <laughs> the one-time director and comedy writer who was best known for murdering the bass player of Fallout Boy for no reason. Specifically to get this New York Times obituary. Ooh, that's a good hook. That's a good hook. Right? So you think you have to commit a, a heinous act of violence? Yeah, most likely. I. This is how you do it. You need to put out two prod put together two projects in in your chosen career the business of show mm-hmm. that have a lasting impact two yeah that not even sense. one's not going to no, do, do but it if you can follow it up with a second you know what i'm going to count flock of dudes so that would give you three <laughs> if you get three <laughs> That's like, wait you're saying flock of dudes alone is not one. In the new york times flock's one wait what about okay. the new what about the new zealand times where you could purchase it on dvd uh, we yeah, it's got to be the New York Times. Here. Oh, We're man. looking for the big daddy here. We've got the new, and they've got the word Times. It's just that one in the middle that's so the problem. It's it's three. It's Fuck. it's three big projects. They have to just get to a certain level of esteem. So you could tell me how high Flock took you, and then <laughs> I think you know the I last know. two need to make up the difference. If if Flock didn't do what we wanted it to do, <laughs> so two right. big projects. I got I got two more coming. Yeah. Yeah. All right. What is the point with this? I don't remember. You're just trying to save Pete Wentz's life. <laughs> but it's not going to help him out at all. Kill doomed. Pete Wentz to get into the New York Times obit section. All right. Um, since we're doing this, before we get to the album. Which we've never done about. before, but I kind of like it to kind of just tee it up. Right. Sounds like guys that don't know any other songs except for the singles, but that's fine. Um, I also love a song off uh, Three Cheers for Sweet Revenge. Uh, and I also I always love a song with a parenthetical. And both these songs, Bob, you have I'm Not Okay, open parenthetical, I promise. Love it. And then you have Helena, open parenthetical, so long, and good night. Ambersand for the end. Yes. Close parenthetical. Listen how this song just takes off like a fucking rocket ship. This song reached number 86 on the U.S. Billboard Hot 100. 86, Bob. Number 19. It was a top 20 song in the U.K. Good for you guys. Still not over that Robbie Williams burying me to Robbie shit, but overall, you guys have always had really good, strong taste in rock music, and we've always appreciated um, you folk. No, and you know what? We have to thank them for Robbie Williams. We would have never had him without them. We love Robbie. Right. Don't want to be buried to the guy, but... No, I mean, you don't want to take it too far. Um, 
But uh, yeah, I just uh, this is such a great song. You know, we're gonna bury me too. What? Fallout Boy. <laughs> Against the wishes of <laughs> Ashley Simpson. <laughs> yeah, so this is great. So they're great. They're really good. These kids. These kids. These youngsters. My chem. As well, we I, said. I bet he's like the same age as us. Probably Gerard is. Way was born. April 9th, 1977. He's older than us. Shut up. No, he's not. <laughs> yes, he is. What? He's a Jersey guy. How about that? That I knew, and he's Joe Rogan's cousin. Mm. That's the only thing I, I know, know about that. Gerard. But he's never been on the Joe Rogan show, has he? I don't think so. Do you do you listen to that show? No. I don't. What's his deal? What? Because he's tremendously popular. Right. It's a, like what? What is he? I I can't really. He's built like a Howard Stern world of people and characters and. He's like a, I don't want to say, uh, he's like a philosopher for people that uh, want to listen to a libertarian talk about things. So you, you're far on the left side of things. Is I'm not he, far on the left. You're, you're a lefty. You're a real lefty. Far on the left. Makes me sound like. Well, you're not like crazy or anything. Calling you're, me a, you're calling me a communist? <laughs> no, I'm not, I mean, I'm not saying that. I, th- I thought that was complimenting you, Bob. But whatever, <laughs> wherever you're comfortable saying where you reside on the spectrum no, politically, I'm, I'm, okay. I'm okay with that. Uh, is he a moderate, or like what's his whole thing? Like where did he's a libertarian? He thinks that the government should not do a single thing. Like leave me alone. Which was a famous Stern, uh, yes, tact. He always used to say the same thing. But like we saw in Texas, a lot of libertarians and people that don't like the government really need the government when things go wrong. That's true. There you That's go. True. Um. Yeah, my wife is a native Texan, and I can't tell you how many times I heard, not from her necessarily, but being around other people from Texas, how proud they were of the, their power grid. That's the only I only knew about that because of your wife. Right. We talked about that for years. Which was separated them from the rest of the country because yeah. they had their own power grid. Which, if if the Texans wanted to, they could secede uh, from the union without any concerns over power. Well. I guess concerns arose anyway. <laughs> I mean, not, you know, we're not dancing. On except the, apparently, as we've all learned, the power grid. except for El Paso, which we've now learned is not part of the same power grid. So Texas could have seceded, but they would have had to leave El Paso behind. That would have been weird. Would have been a weird conversation. You don't want to leave El Paso behind. They have a bad salsa and, and you know, all that stuff. All right. <laughs> let's get back on track now. All right. So that that's how Bob and I uh, first got into my chem. And, and Bob, I know you said you had that first album. I, I, did. I just was a singles guy. Uh, here is the follow-up, uh, the Black Parade. It starts with a song called "The End," and I just want to say because I mentioned American Idiot, and I guess this album came out what the same year as American Idiot, or two years after. Um, and American Idiot kind of brought the idea of a concept album back to the forefront of popular music. Yeah. And I would say, if I had a guess, Mike Kim probably views Green Day with great esteem, uh, and he's a Jersey guy. I always love when you find out somebody's a Jersey guy. Yeah. You just, you feel like, okay, he's, I get him. He makes more sense. Uh, They probably looked up to Billy Joe and company. Here is the end. Now come on, come all to this tragic affair. Wipe off that makeup, what's in is despair. So throw on the black dress, mix in with the lot. You might wake up and notice you're someone you're not. If you look in the mirror and don't like what you see, you can find out firsthand what it's like to be me. So gather around, piggies, and kiss this goodbye. I'd encourage your smile. 
So this sets the table. It's a minute and 51 seconds long, Bob. Yep. And, you know, out of all the albums we've done on this podcast, I think Black Parade is most similar to Samstown by the Killers. In a way where it was really, it was using these tracks to kind of create a mood, create a feel, and tell a story. And, of course, American Idiot is that concept album, rock opera type thing. But this, I think, is more in that same vein of a Samstown. I think they came out right around the same time, like to the month. This came out October 20th, 2006. Share a producer, too, with Green Day and Rob Cavallo, who also, it should be stated, um, produced the Goo Goo Dolls. Oh, obviously it should be stated. They got Robbie Kriegs. Robbie. Not Kriegs, but Robbie. Uh, Johnny. Johnny. And is it Kriegs' wife? No, it was... uh, What was the backstory there? No, Robbie's wife, who was on the other side of the window watching the entire thing, you know, standing next to the producer, Maud, really... Pulling the strings to make sure everything went the way it was supposed to. You need everybody needs a mod. You need a mod. You know, uh, making if, sure that Robbie, that Johnny wasn't stealing all the spotlight. That Robbie got her share of something, right? Because Johnny right. got that fucking haircut uh, right yeah. around the time of Iris, and and, and, and Robbie, Robbie kind of looks know. like the Penguin played by Danny DeVito. So it was kind of a tough. Like if you kind of look like Oswald Cobblepot, <laughs> and then the lead singer who already has the advantage of being the guy that is out front, and um, you know is. Better looking in in yeah. most ways that people view um, <laughs> physical characteristics, uh, and then he gets like I, a, a eight hundred dollar haircut. Yep. You know, you put you put uh, a pot in a bad spot. I think the thing that most girls look for in a guy, the the number one thing is number one, don't look like Oswald Cobblepot. <laughs> oh man, yeah, look up a pictures of us if you you know. Maybe we should <laughs> rein it in a little bit here. Just a couple of Robbies. All right, here we go. Next track is called "Dead with a Slammer." Not enough songs have slammers. You're going to want to pay attention to this, Bob, uh, because you are under the impression, like a young Mickey Mantle, that you have a death wish. Um, The Black Parade is a rock opera centering around the character of the patient. It is about his passage out of life and the memories he has of it. The patient dies and death comes for him. We heard the flatlining at the beginning of the song in the form of a parade. This is based on singer Gerard Way's notion of death appearing to a person in the form of their fondest memory, in this case, seeing a marching band as a child. That is interesting. Oh, wow, that is, yeah. Hmm. Fondest memory. What is your fondest memory as a child? Let me listen to some Mike Kevin. and I'll think about that. Yeah. Yeah. 
I know you're expecting me to like make a joke of this, but I'm gonna I'm gonna give no, one. No, I'd like a real answer. No, I know you'd like Mr. a real answer. Mr. Comedy Man. Right. Uh, Mr. <laughs> laughing on the outside, crying on the inside, Castro. <laughs> <laughs> uh I think it's a Christmas Eve, probably around Good. six, seven years old, just being upstairs. So I had like this weird uh house when I was a kid because I lived downstairs with my mom and my sister. My parents got divorced when I was six right. years old. My dad's mom. It was your fault. That's what they said. My dad's mom, um, you know, owned the house, lived upstairs in the house. So I grew up in a house with my mom and my dad's mom, my grandma living upstairs. And she would always have Christmas Eve up at her house. So I must have been five Mm. because my parents were still together. And it was a big Christmas Eve with uh, our dog Smokey, our German Shepherd Smokey running around and the family being up there. And making, you know, this great Italian Christmas Eve dinner. Uh, my mom's Jewish. Dad's side, Italian. We had the big Last Supper uh, mural over my grandmother's uh, table. Yeah, that sounds right. And just having, like, the big Italian Christmas Eve dinner of, like, manicotti and... Uh, Manicotti. And... Uh, Gabagool. Vodka. <laughs> and just, like, this amazing dinner. Sausage and the peppers. And if I was, like, five, my sister was about three and it was just kind of running around the table, like just being silly and like running under the table and just playing on Christmas Eve with like my family there. That's good. Yeah. I Christmas Eve it. was amazing. Christmas Eve was the best. That's, that's why, uh, when you become a parent, you do everything in your power to make sure you can deliver it on those Christmas Eves. Cause nothing is better than being uh, a kid with Santa coming the next day. That's yeah. a good one. That's funny because I thought I just I asked you that question and then for whatever reason what flashed into my mind was like family a family party in my living room and being like probably six or seven same age and having like my head like on my grandmother's lap and like hearing her breathing as she was in conversation with everyone at the family party mm. like I could picture that still yeah yeah uh, being a kid and uh, yeah. Pretty wild. Better than some fucking parade. Worst uh, pre-10, pre-the age of 10 memory is in fourth grade when you tricked me into buying the Batman video game for Nintendo. Not a bad game. It was a terrible game. I mean, the graphics for the time The were graphics for the time were good, but the gameplay was just awful. And that gameplay was wasn't great. Yeah. but that, I put that higher than my parents' divorce. <laughs> but you have to understand, and too. And the death of Smokey the German Shepherd. <laughs> in fairness. Uh, when you told me you didn't like Batman video game, I killed Smokey. Um, <laughs> oh I poisoned his food. Um, in my defense, many nine-year-old boys at the time of um, 
Batman's release with Michael Keaton and Jack Nicholson, <laughs> it didn't really matter what it was. It was going to be awesome. And I think maybe right. I got sucked into it. Yeah. All right. This is this is how I disappear. So far, this great. is a great album. I haven't heard this in a long time, this song. You know, I think it's like that emo label. I mean, not just label, that emo genre. Obviously, they deserve the label. They are emo. But I think... Well, just, what is emo? Right. And that's the big question that I was going to broach, is that the fact that there was this whole genre of music called emo that was peaking around this time, or having just peaked, whatever it was. I feel like a lot of people were immediately turned off by My Chemical Romance, especially if you were old 24-year-old farts like us. Right. The word emo... The just, singer was older than us. But. <laughs> the word emo just kind of turned you off from certain bands and a certain sound. And right. I always pictured emo as like very kind of low-key, a little bit depressing, whiny, um, not particularly melodic right. storytelling. Right. And there's a lot of emo that I never liked. Like, I, I would need to pull up a band, like a list of bands from that time that I would give a give a chance that I just never got into. But bands that were considered emo, like My Chemical Romance and then Bright Eyes, which is on the other end of the emo spectrum, right. I loved, but I hated Dashboard Confessional. And I hated, what was it, Days of the New or Three Days Grace or... Are those emo? Three I can't Doors really, I can't, Down? Not Three Doors Down. I'd have to look at Three it Things up. I Hate About You? <laughs> That's almost a movie if you had seven more things. <laughs> but anyway, but like this kind of thing, like this definitely sounds like an emo song to me, but I still like it because I just like the way that they do emo. Hmm. I'm with you. I, I, I just think, uh, God, I wish I was a little more plugged in on these guys. I would have really enjoyed this album when it came out. But I think there was, I know what you're saying about the, feeling at that time that maybe this was for a generation before us or you know for people that were in high school or something it oh, yeah. does have a bit of a high school vibe to it the, the histrionics of it all um but at the same time it's like i don't know why why let that get in the way of just enjoying it and and taking it all in right the tremendous uh emo band that i was thinking of that does not have the number three anywhere near their name is um, Taking Back Sunday was the one I was thinking of. Taking Back Sunday. Right. Like, yes. They never did anything. What about Yellow Card? Where do they fit? No, they were like like a ska-ish no. kind of punk band. Yellow not ska, Card? Not ska, but they were just a punk band. Yellow Card, weirdly enough, the second time this has come up in conversation for me this week, the band Yellow Card, 
the only CD that I've ever taken out of my disc man and thrown directly into the garbage. You didn't buy it though. No, I got it at MTV. It was See, like, that's different. It was like in a rack, in like a bin at MTV, and I listened to it on the subway ride home. Right. And I got off to transfer transfer trains. I just took it out, threw it right in the garbage. <laughs> well, what you can do with it at that point. Yeah. You, you've decided that it's not uh, worth worthy of listening. I'm with you, but if you would have bought, spent seventeen dollars on it, right, you're probably giving it another spin or two. Nope, I was just careless. That was a big part of um, you know, '90s and early 2000s. The investment of it. If you oh, yeah. bought it, even if you're like, eh, I don't know about this. One album that it worked out for me was uh, Kid A by Radiohead, mm-hmm. which I got it and I was like, shit, I don't fucking get this. Yeah. This is not, I don't, where are the songs? Like, where are the singles? Like, this is, where's Creep? Where's <laughs> yeah. Fake Plastic Trees? And then I just kept listening to it and kept listening to it. And it was, to me, if you make a list and every everybody has certain albums like this of albums that t- ended up being growers, yep. And I think a lot of people feel this way. Kid A is like Kid A is the equivalent of like you know about an inch and a half, and then yep. all of a sudden it's like Lex Steel, like eleven <laughs> inches, like total pipe. <laughs> that was your Lexington Steel. My uh, Kid A was my Lex Steel. All right, yeah. that's good. My Lex Steel was different class by Pulp, where it was like, oh, this is too British. Like, why is yeah. it? It's, it's like so many of the songs I don't really, I can't really relate to and it's only like an inch and a half and then one day i just looked down and it was just this girthy 10 it's like wow well you got to give it a a separate star <laughs> a separate like who are the star? big stars of the of the day the 90s Peter North. Peter North. Yeah, give it, that was your Peter North. Oh, you're that was like, your Peter North star. No fair. You're claiming Lex Steel. I got like drafted Lex oh, Steel. Come on. Absolutely, bro. All right. <laughs> uh, this is the sharpest lives. I mean, North's a legend, dude. I know, but Lex Steele is the funniest one. On your own, if I crash on the couch, can I sleep in my clothes? I spent the night dancing. I'm How many people are Googling those names right now? Don't like, do it. What the fuck? Really just asking to leave. This alone, you're in time for the show. You're the one that I need. I'm the one that you loathe. Bob's a big James Dean fan. D-E-E-N. No, I'm not. That's not true. Bob actually paid Ron Jeremy to be in something All that right, he did. Yeah, that is true. That is true. We did. Work Ron Jeremy together. currently um, in in jail, awaiting uh, you know a trial that could determine him getting about a seven hundred year prison. Yeah, no, he'll be in he'll be in prison for five hundred years after he's already dead. They're going to keep him in jail just to make the point. The Hedgehog. You, so you had just gotten to L.A. and you were shooting a, uh, <laughs> a web series. a web series, the real James Dean doing his best James Dean. Is that the other star of uh, the adult film world, James Dean? No, nothing to do with that. Oh, the the famous actor. Correct. Of Once Upon a Time. And you, how much did you pay the Hedgehog? I think we paid him 500 bucks. That's a lot of money. Yeah. Well, we used him in three of our episodes, I think. And he was there for, you know, a half day. Was there a negotiation? Because I would have started at about 150 and then seen what he said. <laughs> Uh, no, I think we, we settled on that number because I knew that that's what the talent of Best Week Ever got every time they came in to do an episode of Best Week Ever. Right. So we were like, oh, let's offer him five. That guy Christian Finnegan's like, please, I need these five hundred dollars. Oh, no, they would pay say, rent at the time for sure. Like the talent would be like Paul Shear was so excited when they would book him on a Monday because that would mean he would come in again on like a Thursday, and you'd get paid yeah, twice grand. that week. Yeah. So like, five hundred was like the going rate for that when you started out. 
So I was like, let's that's listen what, to the sharpest lives, yes, and then please. I want to I want to hear more about your Ron Jeremy, and then I have a Ron Jeremy story to share. Rose Bowl for this. This is so fun. My chem at the Rose Bowl. I don't know if they could pull nah, that. No, maybe off, not Rose Bowl, but uh, Hollywood Bowl for sure. They could do Hollywood Bowl. Yes. If they, I don't know. I, I don't think they're together right now. If they got back together, I bet they would do really well. Yes, I agree. there's got to be a whole generation of music fans that well, they'd be adore these two albums. They'd be so much better to Coachella right now, like just being able Great to jump Coachella around in the fans, desert. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, uh, Ron Jeremy story, Bob. Give us one. Uh, so yeah, we, we were doing this web series for superdeluxe.com. And for people that don't know, Ron Jeremy was like the guy, he was the biggest adult film, uh, star on the, on the male side of things biggest in the seventies or eighties or something. Yeah. He was like a seventies porn star and he just became known. He was the hedgehog. He was just kind of famous for having a, for having a huge dick and being this hairy, gross guy. So gross and ugly. So gross and ugly. So I got his number from somebody at VH1 who had it in their cell phone. Remember that? Remember how fun it was to like mm-hmm. have random celebrities' cell phone numbers? Mm-hmm. Didn't have a lot myself, but not a lot. When you had would, one, you would get one. Like go flying. Like a, oh, just have. Oh yeah, and then you kept it and you had it in there. Yeah, yep. and you would show you'd people. Show people. Like show girls. I think we both just do anything for you, please, please, please. I remember everybody had Snoop Dogg's number at one point. <laughs> and if you called it, like left a, it was like to like a messaging service, I think, right. and it was very exciting. But um, yeah, we got Ron Jeremy's phone number and we came out to LA and we just cold called him. Brian, my writing partner, just called him and was like, hey, Ron, it's uh, Brian Brian Levin from uh, this the post show. We're doing a sketch comedy thing. Would you like to come be in a web series for $500? And he was like, I'll be there. Like it was that easy. But that was it. So he showed up. We were like, st- I don't even take my dick out. Exactly. I mean, we made him do that anyway. But he came to the Oakwoods. Cameras were not. We were staying at the Oakwoods and he came to like shoot these scenes with us. And he acted opposite Jason Zumwalt, who has recently, as recently as three days ago, uh, texted me to remove them from the internet because he doesn't want to be on the internet with Ron Jeremy anymore. Yeah, well. <laughs> so, Jason, good call, ultimately. Ron a bit toxic these days. But, um, yeah, so uh, we, we shot with him for the day. And he was a nice guy. And before he left, he, uh, I think I told the story on the pod, I can't remember. But he had us, like, we were, like, at his car. And he was like... So, guys, do you guys want to know the secret to making a woman melt? And we're like, oh, here it comes. And it was like this whole crew of us. And we're like, yeah. He's like, all right, I'm going to show you something right now. And this is the way. This is it. <laughs> How many times do you think he did this in his life? He reaches, into his, he reaches into the backseat of his car and he pulls out a book about a turtle and a baby hippo that met during the tsunami and became best friends. What? And he said, this book right here, you show this to any girl and they will melt. This is the most adorable thing in the world. And you show this to any woman, any woman in the world, melt, I say, melt. And he just kept saying what melt over and over again. And it was uh, this adorable book that you can get. 
And that was so our, he just kept it in the car, and then he'd what bring it into the rainbow room or something. I, I don't know if he brought it anywhere. He just had it in his back seat at the time, and he, you know, he's just uh, dispensing advice. And it turns out he's an evil sex monster. Yep. So, allegedly. Yep. yep. I don't know if he was using that to hit women over the head with. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say, I'm like, there's something missing here. But uh, that was my Ron Jeremy story, and now he's in jail forever. <laughs> Most likely. All right, let's move on here. Uh, yes, here is the focal point. The pivot point, the heart of this album, The Black Parade is the album. Here is Welcome to the Black Parade, the biggest hit in this band's career. I mean, talk about a band just going for it. This is it. You feel it. This is it. You You have to feel feel so good when you do this. This is their Bohemian Rhapsody. When I was a young boy, my father... Took me into the city to see a marching band. He said, Son, when you grow up, would you be the savior of the broken, the beaten, and the damned? He said, Will you defeat them, your demons, and all the non believers? The plans that So there's the setup, and it's quite, quite a setup. <laughs> what a build! Yeah. I mean, the song hasn't even started yet. It's just warming up. Yeah. Uh, the music video for the single was recognized as MTV's greatest music video of the century in 2017. The song topped the UK singles chart, number one, and number nine on the US Billboard Top 100. That's amazing. Top 10 hit in the US. Undoubtedly, their peak. You know, it's funny, I, I've mentioned a couple times already, but I I keep on thinking about American Idiot, and that came out two years before this, and the song that I was slobbering over on the Throwback Podcast when we did that album was Jesus of Suburbia, right? which was similar in that it had a very, um, a very measured, piano-driven, slow beginning that then launched into this all-out attack. And I, I, I feel like there's a lot of connected tissue between those two songs. I don't know who decides such things on Wikipedia, but in the entry, the opening uh, blurb entry, considered a modern-day classic, it was named one of the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame songs that shaped rock and roll. Okay. Wow. Okay. Okay. 
I mean, it's incredible. To this day, when right. it comes on the radio, I'm like, that's a crazy radio song. It's crazy that it, it was that popular on both sides it, of the Atlantic. It's like a, how weird it is. It's like a 2000s Paradise by the Dashboard Lights. All right, best part of the song. Trust me. <laughs> there is some. It's almost like they're, they're all their best songs are kind of the same song in a way, just a little bit. <laughs> I don't know. There is a little that. bit of that, which I'm, not, just, I'm fine with it because it's a great song. Whatever it is, you, just because you slipped in a trust me doesn't mean that they're. Dude, all, there was that was the trust me. There part was of a that little. Song. There was a trust me moment. <laughs> This, Look, this has some similarities to uh, the song you played that we started with. If they would have hired me to be the trust me guy the way I should have been, um, I would have listened to this. Oh, that's like, what he, how you got in the New York Times. And I would have been yeah. like, hey, guys, you know what this song is missing? The trust me. Trust me. Yeah. They'd be like, oh, Bob's right. I put down my murder weapon. Pete Wentz lives another day. <laughs> Wentz in constant danger. What a beautiful, uh, epic song. That's an anthem right there, baby. Yep. Wish we would have asked. Uh, no, I would have been outside the window. The Matt Money Smith K Rock window closed around 2004. Mm. I wonder if he. Uh, I'm not okay. I wonder if that was in his window. I'll have to ask him about it. Ask him about it. He's one of. Uh, he's he's a guy. I'm always interested in his take on d- these things, and I'm sure he has at least one good Mike Hem story. I'm sure he's the only person that's ever been on this podcast that knows what they're talking about. So it's important. That's true. All right, here is I don't love you. Ouch. I think this is a single. I'm going to check out what the singles were in a second. Okay. I feel like this is a different change of pace on the album because it's kind of more mid-tempo. Yeah, it is. Which is, you haven't heard yet. I'm a sucker for it, so let's hear if they nail the chorus. They probably will. Yes! Like this is one of those songs where if Johnny Cash covered it, it would have a whole other life to it. We need to dig if up Johnny old, Cash, reanimate him. <laughs> we did the old hurt move for this. It's like a be- this is a beautiful song. Wait, what if we I'm gonna take it a step further? Dig up Johnny Cash, reanimate his reanimate corpse. Reanimate his corpse, uh-huh. uh, once you get that going, you know 
All right, let's bring back June. Yada, too. Yada, 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 yada. Her, bring her corpse alive. Wait, who, wait, who was the second one? June. June Carter Cash. Bring her back to. Oh, that's so nice. For, of you. for Frankenstein Cash. Make them fuck in front of you. <laughs> Is that what you're doing? And that I thought I was just like for companionship, but I mean, if we've already if we've already defied God and, and done something that no one could imagine happening in real life, let's see what I'm well fuck. Let's see what <laughs> call up Ron Jeremy, take five hundred dollars out of the ATM, bail him out of jail, teach him how to fuck again. It's like when this podcast is brought down by scandal, it's like, wait, so the Patronis gave them X amount of dollars and they emptied out the account to bail out Ron Jeremy facing. <laughs> 400 sex crime charges in order to make two deceased country music stars fuck in front of them on the plus side we're in the new york times that is oh, that is a, that is a direct line to the new york times uh, my point is ryan adams did the uh, taylor swift album 1989 in full uh-huh. johnny cash doing the entirety of the black parade oh that'd be incredible watching them fuck would be a little better though let's say <laughs> Would you have the guts to say <laughs> I don't love you like I love you? I'm just picturing nobody. Yes, yes. You bring Johnny Cash back. Okay. You bring June. You bring <laughs> June gotta back. get June out of the out of the crypt. And he's looking at you, and he's like, "Well, thank you for." Yeah, first of all, first and foremost. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you very much. For bringing me back from the great beyond. Uh, see my guitar laying there. Imagine you want me to play you some music. I see you got uh, this My Chemical Romance album laid out in front of me, too. Probably want me to play some songs off that. I reckon. You're like, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Where do you get to that? Just thinking, though, first, if you guys are cool with it. You know, you've been dead for a while. You guys miss each other, right? You guys miss each other. You've only been dead for a while. We don't know what's going it's on. Probably, the there's no heaven, right? You probably haven't seen each other. <laughs> so right? we're just thinking before before the music. Can y'all fuck? Just a little bit. Just just a, little little bit. a couple of minutes. Just a couple of minutes. We just want to see what it's like. I want to see if it works. Does it work? What if you have a baby? What if you have a post-dead baby? Do it for science. <laughs> fuck for science. <laughs> Which was one of my go-to pickup lines uh, when I was single. <laughs> Will you fuck me for science? Yeah. <laughs> So many, prob- so many problems with this episode already. Uh, all right, House of Wolves. This is really good too. I feel like every song, it's a sign of a really good album. Yeah. Even the non, you know, the album tracks as they're known, they all have little hooks to them. They do, for sure. Yeah, there's, I mean, there's been little no filler. earworms in them. No filler for a concept album, which is not easy to do. House of Wolves. It's cool. Good name too. Band name. Um, at some point, I think we'll clean this episode up. You know, we'll stop being disgusting. Uh, but know. before that happens, or if it happens, 
I have a theory I've been wanting to throw your way. Does it involve June Carter Cash in any <laughs> it does capacity? Not. No, no, okay. this is not. Um, I figured out, and we can start the next song unless it's a single, and we can just keep this moving because yeah. we're, we're just going. But I figured out the Mendoza line of perverts. So there's, you know, the Mendoza line. Right. Do you want to explain it? Is the, you know, well, the Mendoza, list? he was, I don't remember his first name, but he was a Ramiro? baseball player. It wasn't Ramiro Mendoza. No, that's a it different Mendoza. It was a Mendoza. different Mendoza. He was a baseball player who was known for hitting right at around 200, which if you're a baseball player, 300's the goal. 200 is anything below 200, and you kind of hit what they call the interstate, and it's when it gets embarrassing, and you're probably not long for baseball. So you always want to be above the Mendoza line. Right. So yeah, 200 batting average. If you're above it, you're above the Mendoza line. If you're below it, you're below the Mendoza line. So that's like the median. I figured out the Mendoza line for perverts. And I'm okay. going to say it, and for, we don't have to elaborate on it, but when I say it, everyone listening, if you know what I said, you're above the Mendoza line. And the, I just want to make sure we're on the same vi- on the same page with this. The Mendoza line's, the, in baseball terms, the bare minimum. Well, it's the media. It's the one that keeps you in the pros. It's okay. the, you're either a pro or you're in the minor leagues. Okay. This is the Mendoza line where, after I say this, if you recognize it, you're a pervert. If you don't recognize it, you're not a pervert. There's like a, a Let It Be level song playing on right now. It really is. All right, go ahead. But it's kind of perfect for what I'm about to say. Okay, let's hear it. This is the Mendoza line to know if you're a pervert. Ready? And say it, and then I'm going to turn the music up to think on it. Gianna Michaels. It's just a... song is called cancer this is the best song i love this song this is the first time where i i think it's spilled over into a little bit maudlin territory but it's a beautiful song agree to disagree anyway Jana michaels i you know bob i i have a, a job with a a company that i'm not asking you to may to frown upon all. conversations nope. that dive too deep into this territory not asking you to elaborate at all so i can't even say whether i know who you're talking about you shouldn't I definitely do <laughs> i'm saying that is the name that's the Mendoza line. If you know who that is, you're a pervert. There's no reason to know who that is if you're not a pervert. Interesting. There are other people in that realm who have crossed over, who have been on Howard Stern, who have been in movies, who have been referenced in TV shows. But that is not one. She is not one of them. So if you know who that is, congratulations. You're a pervert. Interesting. Fascinating. Here's Mama. Mama, we all go to hell. I have a new call to action for all of our listeners. Every single okay. person who's listened to this episode, please tweet at us above the Mendoza line 
or below the Mendoza line. Oh, I like that. Just so we know where you're at. You don't have to say anything else. It's kind of perfect because it allows you, it keeps you in some level of cover. Yep. Uh, where you're not exposing yourself if you are on the other side. Yeah, we're not going to say anything about it. We'll never, we'll never, I won't even like it with a little heart. We're just going right. to know. Yeah. I am below the Mendoza line. I don't even know what you're talking about. Neither do I. I'm below it too. Um, but uh, yes. I have no idea what I'm talking about. Good idea. Or we could do a poll. A poll. Are you above <laughs> or below the Mendoza line? Give them the option. All right. Yeah. We'll do one of those two things. All right. Check out, check out the uh, Follow us on Twitter pod. at ThrowbackPod. I mean, as far as mid-album filler goes, this is pretty good. This is great. Nothing wrong with this. Mama. Mama. Uh, all right. Next track is called Sleep. we got to find out what happened to these guys. Though. I'm going to do some research. Okay, you do some research. No. No, okay. Well, then I'll go fuck myself. <laughs> um. Oh, look at us fucking up. So, anyway, the band. Wait, we fucked up? Yeah, we did. At some point? That's insane. Yeah, we did. That's so unlike us. So, 2000, they get together in 2002. They released their debut album on an indie label. I brought you my bullets. You brought me your love. Too many words. They Too signed many. to a major label. Released Three Cheers for Sweet Revenge in yep. 2004. We talked about that. This album comes out in 2006. Four years later, they replaced one of the band members and put out an album called Danger Days, colon, The True Lives of the Fabul- Fabulous Killjoys. That, I there's, kind of remember I mean, if there album. is a sign of trouble... There it is right there in the title. Yep. That maybe you've disappeared up your own buttocks. Um, and then they petered out and broke up in 2013. And this is where we fucked up up. The band reunited out of the public eye in 2017 and announced a reunion show on Halloween 2019. I do kind of Which took this. place in Los Angeles. Well, I don't think we fucked up that bad. Oh, we should have been there, uh, Bobby. I don't know. Who knows what they are right now? But I, I do know, like, Gerard Way's put out a couple of solo songs. He did a cover of Hazy Shade of Winter. Like, they're doing things, or I think they might have put out a new song. I don't even know. I think they might be back together, though, because right. they... There's, some, there's There's been some buzz. They did that show, and then they... 
announced their European tour in January 2020, and then the whole thing got wiped out because of COVID. Of course. So. So maybe maybe we get another act. Maybe we should dive deep into Danger Days: Colon, the True Lies of the Fabulous Killjoys. I mean, why not? It's probably not bad. Isn't it weird that we don't even we never even heard a single off it? No, but I mean, we talked about this with American Idiot, the fact that the follow of Green Day album did nothing. Like, this is just what music is, especially now. Okay, but Green Day was a different case. That was a band that had been around a long time and then had this huge comeback record. Of course. This was a band, on the other hand, that should have been in their prime. But they waited four years and lost a key member. Like, yeah. All right, here's a single, Bob. It's called Teenagers. record bro. love this love this one this is just fun and i relate Some teenagers <laughs> making fun of my sneakers this is I, I there was a lot of feedback bob on <laughs> and i'm not saying i'm not gonna say it was negative feedback but i maybe not what you were hoping for uh because you posted <laughs> you posted some ghastly basketball like yeah, sneakers yeah. and you're i think you were hoping for you know, I think you were probably, if I had a guess, you knew there was going to be some enemy fire, but then there would be some people like, oh, good choice, Bob. But everybody just savaged them. No, that's not what I wanted. I had already, <laughs> I had already returned them by the time I posted that because I already knew they were ugly, but I knew it was going to be funny to post that. Uh, Gerard Way is quoted as saying that he wrote this song after finding himself in a New York City subway car full of high schoolers. That was the first time I felt old. I was nervous and I was a target. I felt I had become a parent figure or part of the problem. That is a real moment that everybody will experience. That moment when you're old. The song was number 25 on Rolling Stone's list of 100 best songs in 2007. How about that? Yeah. I missed this totally. Really? Yeah. Buried on the album, too. 13 tracks. It's... Track 11, I mean, I it's a fun song. It's a little like novelty song-ish, but it's really cool that they put that on this album. It doesn't fit, but in like a fun way. All right, this is the penultimate song, Bob. But is it, though? What? But is it, though? What? 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 I don't know. I'm saying that there's a hidden track on this one. We don't do hidden tracks, typically. That's not true. I mean, do we want to end the show within the next two hours? I mean, I mean if, we, if it's not good enough to be on the album itself, the proper album... We're going to give it the respect of playing it? Here's what I'm... I don't remember the song at all, but here's what I'm saying. I'm just going to throw it out there. It will be the song that we put on the Throwback Podcast playlist. Do you know it? I don't, but I just have a feeling. I have like a gut feeling (laughs) right now that if we don't play the hidden track, we'll regret it forever. Well, now we have to play it. Here's Famous Last Words. This is another single. How about that? 
backloading the album with singles. My apologies, this is Disenchanted, not a single. The next track is a single. Here we go, here's Disenchanted. This is an easy cut. No album should be longer than 12 songs. This is 13. They almost have it right. Um, do I give them a little bit of this wiggle room? This is so room? good. Wait, you don't like this? Do I give them a little? I've heard. I've heard enough. Do I give them wiggle room when it's a concept <laughs> album? No, I no, don't. Gotta, I don't. No wig. Really no good. wig. This is really good. I won't give them the wig. Come on. Wig them. Pretty good. This is great. Imagine Johnny Cash singing this. <laughs> Immediately after fucking his dead wife. She's not dead anymore, dude. <laughs> See, that's the whole thing that makes it such a, a, a miracle. Not problematic uh, in a weird way. Uh, all right. Here is famous last words. There we go. That I can make you stay. But where's your heart? This is the follow-up to Black Break. Really? Wow. Your heart. But where's your there's nothing I can say to change that part. To change that part. To change. I just feel like this man has unfinished business. And I guess, damn, I mean, he's 43 years old, Bob. And we've talked about this, and it's not we're not breaking news here. Most bands don't have the have much left in the tank by the time you're in your 40s. And maybe they just got started a little late, and, and they had their moment. But, you know, I just looked at this. In 2020, Rolling Stone ranked this... Number 361 in their updated 500 Greatest Albums of All Time. This is well regarded um, on a, in a historic level by, for a lot of people. And it was kind of the... They blew up and then essentially disappeared. Well, maybe... Maybe in like a few years uh, when... Are you going to reanimate Gerard Way's corpse? Is that, is that no, where this is going? No, I was going for more like another uh, Democratic president will bring My Chemical Romance back the way that oh. Joe Biden brought the new radicals back and introduced them to a whole new generation. Okay, the only issue I see with that. <laughs> There's a few issues. I mean, I like where your head's at. I like where your head was at, reanimating him after his death. <laughs> you just want to kill him so you can bring him back to life <laughs> in your then, gnarly science experiment. Not only that... Two birds, one stone. New York Times for killing him and bringing him back to life, and we get that. So it's really a win-win. I think we're going to make the New York Times just for this episode alone. <laughs> um, no, it's just the nature of the song. It's about death and everything, and that's politics are all about. This is the new life, and this is where everything's going now. It's a fresh start. 
So a song that's right. essentially about death, probably. I don't know. Hold on. I don't have to kill anybody. I think I made the New York Times during this episode tonight. Because the first line of my obituary is going to be like, you know, Bob Castrone, the inventor of the pervert Gianna Michaels line, <laughs> has passed away at the age of 54. Uh, I don't know if the Mendoza line for pervs is going to get you in, Bob. Just wait. Wait and see. Here's the hidden track that you're all pumped up about. I'm so excited about this hidden track. It's called Blood. Yeah, it is. Just think about Johnny Cash doing this. I have no idea what this song sounds like, by the way. I don't hear anything, do you? Is it going to make you wait 14 minutes before it starts? It hasn't started yet, and... It's less, there's only two minutes and 20 seconds left in it. All right. It's a problem. I wasn't really counting on that. Okay. I'm going to cycle forward a little bit here. 46, <laughs> 50. We're one minute in, nothing. 120. Oh, uh, oh. oh it's not a good sign. It's not voting well for me. <laughs> well, they encourage your complete cooperation. Send your roses when they think you need to smile. <laughs> I can't control myself because I don't know how. When they love me for it, honestly, I'll be here for a while. So give them blood, blood, gallons of the stuff. Give them all that they can drink and it will never be enough. So give them blood, blood, blood. Grab a glass because there's going to be a flood. A celebrated man Jesus, amongst the girls. It's they like they had this perfect album, now it's all ruined. No, but this is what you do. This is the 12 precious melodies kind of moment. Well, since he's an old man, he, he was <laughs> right with us in the uh, hidden track olden days. Yeah. Where you like to make it a little weird, left of center and odd. I can't do this anymore. <laughs> you don't Holy have to. shit. You don't have to. So All that's right. going on the Throwback Podcast playlist. <laughs> but before we do that, actually, before we pick the real song, thank you to everybody who makes this podcast possible over at patreon.com slash throwback pod. Everyone kicking in $2 a month, $6 a month to vote in polls that lead us to do My Poles. Chemical Romance, the Lexington Steel poll of the week, whatever it is. Um, you guys are all heroes. Uh, patreon.com slash throwback pod. Thank you to our top tier Patreones, Courtney and Wyatt and Wyatt's brother, Alex motivating us to do. Is stuff. Alex the one that said the, that he unsubscribed or is no, it his, his friend, his idiot friend who can go fuck himself. Well, Alex can go fuck himself too, for bringing that guy no, into Alex, the conversation. No, Alex's wanna... whole point was, Hey, you guys, you do you don't worry about my idiot friends. So, Alex got a GFY. It's, it's no been doled out. The other guy got a GFY. No, I give it to Dallas, Alex for bringing <laughs> the other guy into the conversation in any way. All right. He Alex, didn't deserve it. Hey, Alex, go fuck yourself. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, poor Alex. Uh, of course, Mansi and Kleine over there in Australia. Oh, yeah. And the one and only Bruno, and Bruno, the sponsor. Just, Where the fuck has that guy been? Just doing it. He's finding. What's he up to? Working on the cure for COVID, I assume. That's where it's going to come from. Wherever he is, COVID didn't get there. That I can <laughs> He's tell safe. you. Bruno is safe, thank God. That so. man is safe in a log cabin somewhere deep in the Canadian wilderness. Thank you to all of you guys who make this this buffoonery possible. Yes. Okay. With all that said. One song goes on the uh, Spotify one playlist. Song, one song. And I have a thought. Okay. I think the one we both responded to that's not the obvious. Yeah, let's not be obvious. Obviously, yeah. don't be, be obvious. We both really loved I Don't Love You. 
And I think that's a great song. Is that the mid-tempo banger? It is. All right, let's do it. Let's do it. There you go. I don't love you. There's no... Oh, man. There's no apostrophe and don't. You got that, too? No, I don't have that. Interesting. Interesting. All right. I don't love you is the latest edition of the Throwback Podcast playlist, which you could find... Let's, how about this, Bob? Instead of this eternal holy war about Spotify, Apple Music, wherever you get your music, do oh, that move. Wow. Wherever you wherever you get your music, right. you can find it. But I will say, if you are exclusive to Spotify, you will have immediate access to the Johnny Cash, June Carter Cash I can't provide remake that. of this song. That's true. I can't. No. The Apple Music Playlist cannot provide reanimation <laughs> at this point. We are working on it with Tim Cook up there uh, in where is it? The Geniuses in uh, Sweden. Cupertino. Spotify headquarters in Sweden. We're ready. <laughs> uh, all right. There you go. Thanks, to everybody, for listening. We'll be back in a couple weeks. No, we're going to be back next week. We're going back to back. You'll see. You'll see. It all makes sense. We're going back to back. We'll see you then. And until then, go fuck yourself.